Over the line, broadcasting live from the Lyuna Studios. You're worth so much more on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Mahomes be damned, Taylor Swift be damned, awful, awful penalties by the referees be damned, your Green Bay Packers are now in the playoff picture, the seven seed, and they are the truth as they take down the Kansas City Chiefs, 27-19, took a lead early on and never looked back, were in control of the game, handled their own destiny and became victorious around 10.30 last night at Lambeau Field. Oh, my, oh, my, what a win. A lot of controversy, Rowdy. A lot of controversy, but I don't give two craps. The Kansas City Chiefs just should have played better. You know who played the best? The Green Bay Packers. Good morning, my brother. Yeah, those first two drives, they came right down the field, scored two touchdowns. I mean, the Packers came out looking really good Gang and obviously they, they were able to hold on they, the Green Bay Packers look better than Matt LaFleur and his fancy new haircut and you know the bedazzled chin strap and tight eyebrows what a way to come out the, dude right when the Packers came out I was like oh my god they are in the zone uh, Jordan Love dealing AJ Dillon just rumbling and Matt LaFleur's play call sheet just balling out that set the tone Rowdy uh, set the tone early, and then the Chiefs came out and they got their field goal, right? I mean, Chiefs didn't score a touchdown until, got the second half. That game last night, despite all controversy, this, do we have another one in Jordan Love? From Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love now putting three games together, we were like, damn. And here's the thing. The Chargers defense stinks. The Lions defense not that good. The Chiefs defense, legit. Good. Jordan Love, 27 to 36, 267 yards. Not one, not two, but three touchdowns, baby. Yeah, if you um, you look at what that Kansas City passing defense was going into that game, they were the third best team against the pass in the NFL going into the game. Then the, the second thing to that was Kansas City was the third best Defense when it came to allowing points per game, yeah, third best. <laughs> they were they were giving up less than seventeen points per game. That's yeah, that's not. They were the, yeah yeah they were a very good defense coming in, and the Packers hung twenty seven uh, on the Chiefs. God, I feel like everyone was going down for the Kansas City Chiefs. Twenty seven, and they they settled for field goals down the stretch. Yeah, field goals. You have Patrick Mahomes, you have that great defense, and they couldn't even... This was the Packers' woes for most of the season. They couldn't get over 20 points. Remember when we were talking about the Packers could never score over 20 points? Well, look at that. Now, that's the Chiefs' problem. The Packers put up 27. And if you go back to the the first time Jordan Love started a game that was against the Kansas City Chiefs in a 13-7 loss, he looked remarkably better than he did his first start. And his mom also got some nice sweet tickets as opposed to being all the way up there in the last row. Yeah, you know what? One thing I really noticed, though, watching that game, you know who looks old? Who's that? Travis Kelsey. Yes. Travis Kelsey. Like, well, he like, sold, to, sold to Pfizer. 
Don't get me wrong. He's still a really good tight end and, and one of the better tight ends in the league. But he just watching Travis Kelsey for the last, you know, three, four, five, six, right on down. He looks a little slower. He looks a little older. I know he's been banged up, but that was one thing that really caught my eye because it's not like I specifically watch the Chiefs every single week yeah. like the Packers. But, yeah, he, he still had some big-time catches, but, I mean, yeah, just, he was wide open in some of the zones. He might have myocarditis. You, know, but, yeah. you, you sell your soul to the devil with uh, Pfizer, Big Pharma, and then you go and you, you, you dance with the devil again with Taylor Swift, Rowdy. This devil sucks your soul away. He, uh, he definitely is aging. Yeah, he really is. And you know who's... He's 34, uh, though, too, which is pretty old, especially for a tight end. Yeah. Um, you know who's uh, youthful and jubilant? The Green Bay Packers, the youngest team in the league who are finally starting to figure things out. Who had Ben Sims on their list, Rowdy, for catching the first touchdown? Who had Ben Sims on their list? No one. <laughs> I was like, Ben Sims? Wow. Well, how about the fact that Luke Musgraves goes down, obviously lacerated kidney, probably done for the season. Yeah. And you had Tucker Kraft, who was their third-round pick. You have Ben Sims, who was an undrafted free agent. Both other rookies, they're getting involved. Yeah, It's nice to see, especially Tucker Kraft, making some plays because that's a guy that felt like he was forgotten about, especially for, I don't know, probably the first 10 weeks or so of the season. And then all of a sudden, the last two weeks, he's kind of popped up with some games since uh, Lucas Musgraves went down. Then the other two tutties belong to Christian Watson, and uh, <laughs> as good as good as Christian Watson has been these last couple of games, the guy goes to kill the clock, doesn't want to go out of bounds right at the end of the game, and of course, only Christian Watson could pull his hammy or whatever the hell. I don't even know the injury designation. I haven't even looked this. I guess he popped his hammy. Yeah, of course he pulls his hammy while trying to kneel the ball down. What? what as good as that guy is in the past couple of games, Rowdy, what is wrong with him? Why is he just made of glass? What is going on with Christian Yeah, Watson? I don't I don't know. Like that's that hurts for the Packers moving forward too, because he's been a nice weapon uh, for this offense ever since he's you know starting to figure it out. But yeah, he goes to kneel the ball. I don't know if he was trying to even kneel the ball down. I don't know if he popped his hand with one bad step and he just had to kneel down. But if Christian Watson can be the player that he has been for the last two games. You look at what Wicks did last night, even Jaden Reed, who was questionable if he was even going to play or not. It almost felt like he was kind of a game-time decision. Looks like the Packers have four young wide receivers. Dude. The Romeo, how about Romeo Dobbs coming up huge too? Jordan Love uh, nearing the end of that game where he just said, F it. I think Dobbs is out there someone and threw up a prayer. Dobbs comes up, catches it big. Then he does it again, not too later. Yeah, too Dobbs later. had some big-time clutch catches down the stretch where the Packers baller. need him. Just a baller, dude. Yeah, I mean, Dobbs only had four catches for 72 yards on five targets. His average, 18 yards. You know, Christian Watson had seven receptions for 71 yards. And, uh, I mean, Detavian Wicks come up with some big catches at the end there. Um, you know, uh, talk, everyone, everyone was playing uh, really good. That game... If this is the Green Bay Packers that we're going to see moving forward, then by God, look out because we got another juggernaut of a team, and they're the youngest, so that means we're going to have these guys around for a while. If that's a taste of the future, I think we're going to be pretty happy, Rowdy. The Kansas City Chiefs' defense was kind of middle of the road when it came to stopping the run, but the Packers' offense is not a running offense. They've struggled to run the football for the most part. I actually thought they ran the football pretty well, too. A.J. Dillon ripped off a couple of bigger runs. Uh, Patrick Taylor had a nice one. They were running that little jet sweep pretty well. So, I I mean, 
I know that Kansas City didn't have the best, you know, run-stopping defense, but I thought overall for how bad Green Bay has been running the football this year without Aaron Jones, I thought they ran the football pretty well, too. That line was looking good for the Packers. I mean, love uh, what was only sacked two times. And then on the flip side, Patrick Mahomes, for all the bunch of magic that he has, uh, Rashawn Gary coming up big. You know, Mahomes was put on his ass three times. Mahomes didn't really have that good of a game. I mean, I know he's 21 of 33 for 210 yards. He had a couple of good throws. But outside of that, it was Jordan Love getting the best of that quarterback battle at Lambeau Field last night. Um Notice I haven't gotten to the controversy of the end of the game yet. I got a feeling that... Um, Keyshawn Nixon's pick. Oh, that's sack, dude. That's a nice play. That was really nice. Uh, and Rowdy, remember when we were talking uh, late last week? How we were like, am I defending Joe Barry right now? Am, am I actually going to have to... Is this falling on the on the hands of the Barry boys? Am I defending Joe Barry? Well, the Barry boys in Joe Barry's defense came up huge when it mattered. How about the, how about the Barry boys, Rowdy and Joe Barry, and then flashing him at the during the game too, wearing his little stocking cap up there in the booth. And can you speak on the Barry boys of the for this? Well, game? I mean, they gave up nineteen <laughs> points the to boys. the Kansas City Chiefs, and when you think of the Chiefs, pretty much uh, since Patrick Mahomes got there, you think of kind of a high-scoring offense. Now, the offense isn't necessarily as high-flying this year as it has been, but they were averaging over 23 points per game Yeah, and you held them to 19. Yeah. Um, you did your job. The only thing that was a little concerning, you're like, okay, is Pacheco going to keep rushing as well? I mean, the running back for the chiefs got 110 yards and a touchdown. The only reason that you didn't see him at the end is because he punched Keyshawn Nixon. I don't, I never understood the punching that when someone's got their helmet on, uh, during a scuffle in that crazy final couple of series of plays there, uh, at the end of the game. But yeah, 110 yards, uh, for he him. is a Rutgers running back. They yeah. tend to ha- they ha- they tend to let uh, their hands fly from time to time. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. <laughs> what a game, though! What a statement win for the Green Bay Packers, and I can't believe. Um, you know, we were talking on Friday and Thursday. Rowdy's like, "All right, well, if, the, if they give by the Chiefs, you could potentially." Because no other team's got a winning record the rest of the way out. You could possibly win out. And we could talk to me about, uh, Rowdy, if they do win out and with the Chiefs win now, their record could be what? 11 and 6. <laughs> 11 and 6. Who would have who thought that possible when they were in the midst of that, what, four or five game losing streak? When, yeah. When they started the season 2 and 1, and it looked like there was some promise to kind of play 500 football. Uh-huh. And then you just hit that horrible losing streak. And. We were talking about, man, maybe we just punt and try for a top five pick. Yeah. And, and now look at them. Yeah. Look at look at the change. All of a sudden, like a switch is flipped and the Packers. Yeah. If they go 11 and six, I know that Detroit won, but it was a it was a back and yeah, forth game, game towards the end. Man, 11 and six. That might that, that might throw you back in the d- division picture. Yeah. Um, as bad as it got, let's see here. You know, you went and uh, you beat the Bears, and there's that inexplicable Falcons loss. Then you go and you crazily beat the Saints, and then it's that Lions, Raiders, Broncos, Vikings stretch where you're like, this team is putrid. Like, this team is absolutely hot flaming garbage. It was October 29th after they had lost to the Vikings 24 to 10 to have four game losing streak under their belt. And you're like, this team stinks. Now, fast forward to December, today being the fourth, or last thing to the third, and you're like, this team looked like they could be a potential, uh, you know, a playoff team and a contender in there of how good they've looked. It's crazy in the amount of weeks that that just flipped. The weird like part is, too, if, if they could go back and rematch these teams that they've lost, 
I think you'd like your your odds in the Falcons game. Yeah. I think you'd like your odds in the Raiders game. I think you'd probably like your odds in the Broncos game. Steelers. Like, how, how many? Like, are we talking about a team that has like one or two losses? Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. Which, is, which wild. is wild. Now, granted, they also have a really weak schedule. Oh, yeah. We're very weak. Which that was one thing we knew coming in is that the Packers were bad uh-huh. and that they had a softer schedule due to uh, how the NFL does their their future scheduling. But still, it's like if they could go back through and play some of these teams, I would be willing to say from what the Packers have looked like the last four or five games, they probably beat those teams yeah. or at least most of them that they, they lost to. And just think how they're doing it. There's no Jair Alexander. There's no Aaron Jones. You know, Muxgrave is now out. The, all these injuries that they have had, and they look remarkably better. It's It's crazy. Yeah, I think if you go back and do it, I think that they might uh, have a shot at winning all those games outside of the first game against the Lions. They got their asses absolutely oh, kicked. Yeah. And probably the Vikings game because Kirk Cousins was playing really good football for those first three quarters until he tore his Achilles. I would say other than that, though, game on for any of those losses. Game on, baby. Game on. Um, well, I got a feeling that people are going to want, and we're going to talk about it, obviously, the uh, the madness at the end of that game of uh, people really wanting to drum up the pass interference call uh, at the end there in MVS. I, I got to tell you, there's, there's something that happened before that, that that could, there would never be any controversy if there wasn't controversy ahead of time. And the Travis Kelsey stuff uh, with the, with the uh, Hail Mary at the end, that's a normal Hail Mary. That is a completely normal Hail Mary. There's no pass interference there. Don't even bother. Like it's, <laughs> that's what you see at every Hail Mary. If you want to have a play, you want to talk about the pass interference that the, the Packers committed potentially? Well, you got to back it up one more play before that when it was the softest call I had ever seen in football. Patrick Holmes isn't even out of bounds, isn't even out of bounds. And they flag, who was it that hit him again? It was Owens? Yeah, Jonathan Owens. And they flag Owens for a 15-yard personal foul. The, An unnecessary roughness. He was in bounds, and he leaned into it. And he was running. It. It, he was he was a runner. That was a textbook hit. That was there was no foul whatsoever. And then actually right after that, um, when they kept the when they stopped the clock, that the clock should not have been stopped. When that referee said the stop the clock, was that MVS going out of bounds, Rowdy? We won't spend much time on this because it's it's stupid anyways. There was like no Taylor Swift on the screen for the majority of the game. Yeah, just the beginning. Yeah. That, that was, was the nice. Of the broadcast, really. That was so nice not to have. Uh, they waited till like the second quarter to finally talk about it, and then you really didn't see much of it else uh, uh, after the fact. Well, I think that was because the Chiefs were struggling. Yeah, yeah, that that was nice not to be subjected to that nauseating level of coverage. I think there was more Simone Biles talk than there was Taylor Swift. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll I'll take it all day. Yeah. Uh, RJ at the end there. Uh, I'm sure this will be a talking point. We'll get to it. Um, the the last couple of plays of the game. Boys, your thoughts on the Mahomes personal unnecessary roughness? What what was that? Uh, that was terrible. That was. I mean, it was the it was incorrect egregious. call. Um, yeah, it was one of those. You're you're watching it initially. You're thinking, okay, what are you even doing going after him? Yeah, because Cause Owens it, popped him good. Yeah, um, but then. After, after watching the slow mo, you're like, "Oh, he's still in bounds. Yeah, he's like in bounds. this isn't 
Like, I don't understand how the refs can get together and still call that. Right. And whatever you want to say about a couple plays later with the non-pass interference call. Uh, yeah. How about when one um, in the middle of the field? Not where they sat at the end of the game being like, I don't know, a lot of pushing down there during the hill. It's a hill. When, okay. That's always, that's always a hill. I've Mary. seen maybe one time in my lifetime that a pass interference has been called on a Hail Mary. And then go after when Mahomes got popped and they gave him the foul. Then it was... Um, was it MVS who was trying to get out of bounds? And then he went backwards. Like when went you, backwards. When you go backwards, yeah. the clock still runs. I'm, and the referee's like, no, clock, kill the clock. Kill the judge clock. comes in and just like, kill it. What are you, th- what are you yeah. doing? Should've Those are been, two egregious calls. Should have been another eight seconds less in that game. Yeah, and he shouldn't have been up that 15 yards either because the hit on Mahomes that yeah. Owens put on him was perfectly legal. There was nothing, nothing, I just, nothing wrong with that. As Owens hit Mahomes, my reaction was, oh. Holmes just Mahomes just got lit up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't even think anything of it. Then the flag comes in. There was no way. Then they show it over again and again. And it's like he wasn't even out of bounds. No. He was clearly a runner. He wasn't a quarterback in the pocket or a defenseless receiver. And he was trying to continue to move forward. Mm-hmm. I, th- like there was absolutely nothing wrong with it. It was a Chiefs and Mahomes call. Yes. Yeah. If if Hands that down. if that had been Zach Wilson, uh, the no, Jets quarterback, yeah. there would have been no flag thrown. No. Yeah. No. 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 And then after the Mahomes hit, they put him up an extra fifteen yards. Then he had this unfold. Kansas City from midfield, first and ten. Mahomes going to take the deep shot. That was pass interference. Yeah, 100% that was pass interference. And if you're thinking how much that impacted the game, yeah, if they would have called that, Chiefs would have got the football spot foul like around the five-yard line. They probably score, and then we're talking about whether they can get the two or not. At least uh, Pacheco. Yeah, because he's used on some bunches. Defensive pass interference. That was pass interference. We all can agree on that. Yes. That was pass interference. But that never that play never should have been set up because of the other two egregious calls right before it. Mm-hmm. Makeup call? Makeup call? Sure. That's what some are saying. Yeah. I'm that's my, initially that's where I went. That was a makeup call. But it should it should never have been there. People are like, well, that's called whataboutism. That's no. No. That's sequence of events. Yeah. That never should have happened. That never it <clears throat> <laughs> Every, all the, like the Bleacher Reports, the CBS Sports, the ESPNs, all of it, all they want to do is focus in on that non-pass interference call. They don't talk about the two previous that were so egregious because it doesn't fit the narrative to help the Chiefs out. To me, that was like, that's the that's the Chiefs and the Taylor Swift effect to try and, if people want to think about things being rigged, you can point to that Patrick Mahomes hit right then and there. Well, I think rigged. clearly, if it wasn't the Chiefs and Mahomes and Kelsey, they're... Not talking about a quote-unquote unnecessary roughness because you're not getting that call. Yep. And no one would have been complaining or having one of the rules guys come on and, and be like, yep, there was definitely a shove in the end zone. If it's not Travis Kelsey, if it's not Patrick Mahomes, they're not even talking about it. Correct. And the Badgers, they're going bowling. We already knew that. A January 1st bowl game. <laughs> we saw that coming. But speaking of bowls, let's go college football playoffs. They go undefeated, but get left out. Florida State, oh, nay, nay. Oh, well. Sorry, kids. Uh, a lot of rich old dudes 
are gonna in suits are gonna screw you. Life ain't fair. Why they want to protect their pocketbook? Because Florida State might not be good for the ratings, as they are not in. Yeah. Rowdy, you said um, you can see it both ways. We'll start with you. Where do you lean? Florida State screwed, rightfully so, or no? Okay, so the one through four as is: Michigan one, Washington two, Texas three, Alabama four. I think that's probably what viewers want to see. Yeah. Like, if we were going, well, we are going to. When we watch <laughs> these games, these are the type of teams and games that we want to see. But in reality, Florida State went thirteen and zero. Florida State beat LSU non-conference game. Florida State handled their business in the ACC, went undefeated. Then they won the ACC championship game. I don't care that they have a backup quarterback. Like, that team earned it. That team earned the opportunity to play in the Final Four. Because what else were they supposed to do? They didn't lose. They didn't do anything wrong. Like, their only unfortunate thing is that their best player and their quarterback broke his leg two weeks early. Yeah, he like, tweeted out something too. He's like, "I feel so bad, blah blah blah." Like, you should see this team without. I would. What did he say? I wish I would have broke my foot earlier, so you could see how good this team was without me. Well, that's the thing. It's like they still found ways to win. Now, do they have maybe as tough of a schedule as some of the other teams? No, but they still went undefeated. They won their conference championship game. They beat multiple ranked teams. And like, why, why did they put them in the final four, the, the rankings the, the previous? week before, yeah. only to move them down? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... I, for our viewing pleasure, I think it's right, but for actually earning it, deserving it, Florida State deserved to be in the top four. They totally you know have who, a leg to stand You know who here. didn't deserve to be there? The SEC. And yeah. what did Saban say last week that if uh, SEC uh, being denied would be like bad for college football? Well, something then, along those lines. Uh, Greg, uh, why am I former Alabama quarterback McElroy? Thank you, McElroy. Um, he even said the same thing on ESPN, and he's like, uh, "If you're playing a championship without the SEC, you're not going to find the true champion." It's like, excuse me. Yeah, it's so. Well, why like, are you SEC assuming that? Here's the thing, Georgia did not play their best football all year. It was still a a good team. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't the dominant Georgia. That was the two time defending national champ back to back. Right. Mm -hmm. The team's not that good. They didn't play that tough of a schedule. No. And then they, they played their toughest team of the season was Alabama. They lost Alabama got beat by double digits at home by Texas. Yep. 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 And Alabama needed a Hail Mary to beat Auburn, who lost to New Mexico State. I think if there should have been a year where the SEC was left out, it was probably this year. Alabama almost lost. And then did you see the reaction that Michigan had when they were? No. Because they're the one seed, and then they got four seed at Alabama. They're like, oh, God. Oh, no. Well, I'll be honest for Michigan, that's probably the worst matchup of the, the three teams that were available in. You got matched with up. You got matched up with them first round as a one v four. But how, how about the people like the RG threes of the world that are tweeting on Friday night before you even saw what was going on? Yeah. Let's be honest. After watching Washington and Oregon play twice, both of these teams de- deserve to be in a college football playoff. No. Um, 
I watched Washington win both games. Yeah. <laughs> tell me what, what are we talking about? Tell me why Oregon deserves to be there. <laughs> what what uh, yeah. are we talking about? Uh, total screw job. Game it, Florida State. If anything, I think the Big Ten screwed themselves by having divisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have divisions and Ohio State was playing Michigan on uh, Saturday, we could have potentially saw, potentially, two Big Ten teams in if Ohio State would have won in a close game. Yeah. Because Ohio State would have been sitting there at 12-1. and one. Michigan would have been 12-1. and one, one and one against each other. And Michigan would have been so highly ranked, I don't know if they would have fallen out of the top four. I, if you were going to snub Florida State... Had that been like the scenario, I think we could have saw two uh, Big Ten teams. But yeah, I think overall it's right for our viewerships. Yeah, but it's unfair. But it's unfair for Florida State because they truly did deserve to be there. I mean, yeah. Now they can forever say no. We got screwed. We got screwed. What what could have been? This is what I'm saying. You don't have to worry about getting blown out now. No divisions in your conference. And 16 playoff. I know they're expanding to 12. 16 playoff. No, I guess you couldn't do it anymore. But leading up to it, that's what it should have been when the Pac-12 yeah. was still a thing. Yeah. The five freaking champions <laughs> that win the conference. And then you're, you get you let in that six team would be your, um, the highest, group your, your highest group of five team. Yep. There's your six. Easy peasy. Yep. All right, phone lines completely jammed, so let's get some reaction. We'll do some rapid fire. If you want to talk Packers win, let's go for it. If you want to talk Badgers win over Marquette, let's go for it. If you want to talk uh, FSU getting screwed, let's go for it. Just whatever. Let's uh, let's sound off. Line one, good morning. Tommy. Hey, Tommy. What's up, man? Long time no talk. Hey, listen. Um, I, th- I was hoping that uh, Iowa would do a little better and make Michigan really have to work for it. I was really, really hoping that Michigan would lose, but, you know, that was unreal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we all kind of figured Iowa wouldn't be able to score any points. But. <laughs> yeah. I know that was a shame, though. It would have been really neat to see Harbaugh with his big fat face frowning. <laughs> but uh, I was really impressed by the Badger basketball, and I got to tell you, on our on our Packers, we're still going for eleven wins. I, I haven't lost my eleven wins. Yeah, you did have eleven, didn't you, Tom? With your prediction, yeah. yeah. And the next games are easier, so I kept saying that you know Rogers wasn't that great at the beginning, and Adamus wasn't that great at the beginning, and or Adam Adams, excuse yeah. me, um, and uh, all these guys, these young guys, are doing it. You know, frankly, uh, Rogers wouldn't have passed to those guys. It, he had to leave. You know, the game had to change, and the young guys are doing it. So it's all pretty exciting. Tom, how's uh, how's the um, was it a hip replacement or a knee replacement you had? A knee replacement. How you yeah, doing? No, that's getting good. That's getting good. I'm walking real good. Back to kicking some ass. With both legs? Yeah. Hell yeah. Got to. Can't hold you down, Tommy. You too, Tommy. We love you, buddy. See you, bud. Bye-bye. Line two, good morning. All right, I'll be quick. I got two points here. Full dog? uh, Fuller. I I could go off all morning. Go off, baby. uh, Go off. Why not? All right, we'll start with Florida State. College football is a joke. (laughs) Absolute joke. You got two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. I'm, I mean, good for the Big Ten, I guess. But can you please explain to me how going undefeated? I mean, the ACC had a winning record against the SEC. The ACC or Florida State beats LSU, beats Florida. That's two SEC schools, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, and they go undefeated and win their conference. How do you leave them out? I, how do you leave them out? Ratings, money. 
It's not fair. I mean, isn't Florida, doesn't Florida State have a pretty big fan base? I mean, I don't understand how – I mean, they're about as big of a brand as Alabama traditionally. Yeah. I mean, I think we all can agree if Jordan Travis doesn't break his leg or his ankle or whatever, this isn't a, you know, they're in, right? Well, why does that matter? Why, I, 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 I know. I, I agree. I agree matter? with you. I agree with you. This is exactly why 12 teams is the right number because <laughs> if you're not in the top 12, then who really cares? But give give Liberty a chance to go get their butts kicked. Give, uh, you know, Ole Miss a chance to, you know, maybe win a game I, I six is better than four but you got to have some sort of accountability like right like okay automatic qualifiers should matter i know they don't have automatic qualifiers but they should are I mean, you still gonna watch no, absolutely not <laughs> really really no nope i will be turning out i'll be Tuning out of uh, college football after the noon kick on New Year's Day. You gonna, the, the real national champion. Are you going to revert to watching Paw Patrol with the kiddos then, Fuller? Don't the Packers play that day? Or is that New Year's Eve? New Year's Eve. Yeah, I think it's yeah. New Year's Eve. Because yeah. yeah. uh, New Year's oh, Day is a Monday. Yeah, well, then maybe I will watch, but. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your other thing you want to talk about, Full, full Dog? Uh, just the fact that there's 31 other football teams out there right now going, oh, boy. Oh, yeah. The Packers done it again, eh? Another quarterback. Let's go. You'd you, you think that uh, all these people that were just ragging on Jordan Love for four bad games would, uh, would you know, maybe get their head out of their butts and say, well, yeah, maybe a guy starting his first year might have a couple stinkers and clunkers yeah. instead yeah. of quitting so. on them. Yeah. 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 How about all the people that wanted to start Sean Clifford? Where are they at? <laughs> yeah. They seem pretty quiet today. <laughs> Anything else, Full Dog? Fuller? Uh, yeah, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also say I was wrong about Matt LaFleur. I was, I, I was blaming him for all the bad stuff. I always thought Jordan Love was the right. I mean, as much as I love 12, once they went full stock into Love, I was like, all right, let's do this. Hey, you just and wait till the Packers get to the playoffs and, and Jordan Love wants to go for a touchdown, but LaFleur calls for a field goal and it dooms them. That's still in play. You just, okay, just but, uh, you, as, as hard as you've been on him, you have to admit oh, yeah, totally. the last two games been have been great. I mean, they play, it helps that the players make plays now, yep. which was a big deal <laughs> in, the, in the first part of the season when they're losing. Yep. But, uh, I mean, he guys are wide open. Yeah. They're they're scheme they're scheming up. Also, I do want to say this. This is for the first half. It really bothered me on how much rush yards they were giving up yesterday. Yeah, um, I actually think it was in, now after watching it. I I actually think it was intentional. I, and I actually, I mean, it, it could have blown up in their face, but it was genius. They took the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hand. They were daring them to run the ball. Yeah, Lafleur's game plan has been dialed in. What did it do? It killed the clock, and uh, they only had certain amount of possessions yeah. the Packers needed to stop them twice they got two stops and they won the game Fuller it's nice hearing from you dude you the man be, bo- be good boys Smooches. see you buddy uh, line three good morning hey Badger Pipeline from Illinois. Troy what's up Troy lots of big smiles I don't even know where to begin but I know I'm on a time limit here but I mean two, two and a half weeks ago we were like uh Wisconsin sports has just hit a all time low with everything going on, and we are back, man. It is, it was, it's been quite the week, 
uh, I don't even know where to start. But uh, from the depths know, of it's so over to we are so oh back, Troy. We are so <laughs> back, are baby. Back. The masculine you know, urge um, to say we are so back. I was at a, a a wedding down in Louisville yesterday, so I'm I'm driving home and I'm the passenger and I'm I'm getting the college football playoffs uh, live and it is unfortunately they they need to add teams for the reason that everybody's stating that for there, there are probably seven or eight teams that could deserve to get in so you just do the math folks somebody's going to get snubbed but you know i think it goes back a week or two when you had florida state number four they just expected if we went out we're in and they did it and so i really feel bad for them and i don't care about deserving this deserving that if their quarterback was injured they should have been number four last week then he should have been thinking well, that's, that's the this. precedent that was set right you put him at number four if you knew you're going to screw him to begin with why don't you just put him at five then, right you know? yeah it just adds, it adds like Texas won big. So does that mean they moved up a bunch because they won big, not just one? Um, you know, a team that I think got snubbed also because they weren't even in the conversation is Ohio State. They ended up losing to the number one team by six points, and they're not even in the conversation at all about the top six. And there's no question that the NCAA's got something for the SEC. Uh, otherwise, you know, Nick Saban wouldn't be smiling like it. So here's a tough question. Who do you want to win that first game, Michigan or Alabama? I'm kind I'm of want to see gonna... Michigan win it all just just the for the draw the with FU. the NCAA. Right. The Big Ten gets that right. bank of money, too, then. So yeah. I'll, I'll, right. I'll hop on the Michigan panel. Sure, why not? <laughs> well, I don't know. Our dad, I don't know if we can go that right that far because <laughs> uh, you know what was really interesting, too, was on college game day Saturday, when they had, uh, I think they were down there in Georgia somewhere, Alabama and Georgia game. And when they started talking about predictions, how could three of the five guys pick Iowa to win? <laughs> I was like, I was, I mean, Desmond <laughs> Howard obviously was Michigan, but then the next three guys all picked Iowa. And I was like, what are you guys, what have you been watching? You know? And, but when they brought up the Michigan game, and Iowa, the fan bases for both teams just started booing big time. I thought that was a, a little side note message to Michigan that, you know, it's not just Big Ten fans that are <laughs> peeled at you. It was like other fan bases are really not happy with Michigan. So, yeah. But, yeah, isn't it something? You know, Packer game yesterday, how exciting that some of these tight ends and running backs and wide receivers are making catches downfield. Feels good. Um, Feels they, good. It, it was an awesome, awesome win, and uh, hey, it makes, like I've always said, going into December and January, Packers can keep it alive and help, yes, help the winter go by. Troy, so. you the man. We love you, brother. <laughs> you Happy Monday. One, man. See you, Troy. Uh, let's do a little more rapid fire here. Line four. Hello. Hello. This is Thomas from La Crosse. Thomas, what's up, dude? Dude. Rowdy and Ebo. What a Packers game last night. Oh, 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 it feels so good, doesn't it, Thomas? We are on cloud nine, baby. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious for you to get your thoughts, and then I'll I'll give you some of my takeaways here. Yeah, so you give your takeaways first, buddy. Really? Yeah, you guys really. Are too kind. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that is why I called. Isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> anyway, but no, um, you know, Evo Rowdy. I think for me, those two big drives, uh, not drives, but passes at the end to Dobbs and Watson. There, yeah. You know, both of them. You know, going, you know, so to speak, over the ladder, up the ladder, I should say, uh, to get those. Receivers look dominant. 
you know, and I, I've yet to uh, check out uh, Lafleur's and, and Love's presser from the post game because uh, that, that was a little past my bedtime. Yeah, actually. yeah, same. I was yeah, like, all right, I'm dipping it. out. I'll play it coming up. Yeah, here. that's right. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but you know, me and uh, one of my favorite YouTubers, Tom Grassi, uh, agree uh, that the Packers easily could win these next five oh, in the playoffs. Honestly, fellows are easily in sight for this team. Um, I'll be one of the first to say I will eat crow right now. I will take back the words I said end of October when I said, you know, you know this this club is, you know, a. Oh well, a you were right to say it, that at the time because it was so putrid, it was so bad. So I mean, it's testament to the floor and all those, you know, in the locker room to stick together and you know to see it right. out. So. Right. No, you you fellows are absolutely right. Yeah, I really admire the resilience of this team. You know, and looking at the locker room reaction that they posted on their YouTube page. Yeah. Holy cow. Are, awesome. are the guys on a high right now? Yeah. Go ahead. Good. Yeah. Thomas, uh, enjoy yeah, it. That's all I got. Soak it up, baby. Soak Thanks, it fellas. in today, all right? Say what? Soak it in today, my man. Soak it in. Oh, I will. I'm, I'm going to be telling all my friends. And... <laughs> <laughs> you have a good Monday, Thomas. You better believe it. See you, buddy. You better believe it. Love you guys. Yeah, much love. Jordan Love. He had this game circled on his calendar from the first time he played against them to this time, and it is much different. Jordan Love talks on that. Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, for me personally, it's just obviously I've had this game, you know, circled for a long time. It's my first start. Um, obviously didn't play how I wanted to the first game. So being able to see these guys again and, and get the victory is huge. You know, it's it just a great team win tonight. You know, everybody just balled out. So it was an awesome win. Do you think it was more of a, I had this game circled because it was the first game and we wa- lost, what was it, 13 to 7? Yep. Or I had this game circled because it was my first game and they put my mom and girlfriend <laughs> about as far away as you possibly could to the field. It, wasn't it so funny reliving that moment? Because they, they, they showed it on the <laughs> they broadcast. When they, they needed binoculars to see Jordan Love. She was literally on the last row at Arrowhead. The last rung. <laughs> I go, poor and woman. Then how, no, how about let's go one further. This year, remember week one against the Bears, how they were joking and they're like, yeah, my my girlfriend and mom are going to be there. And uh, Justin Fields, he hooked me up. He got me. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just say they're a lot closer than that Chiefs game. Yes. And then remember, they were in the second bowl. <laughs> yeah. It was like, oh, thanks. Thanks, Justin Fields. You really hooked me up. They were in the second bowl. I mean, it was... All things considered, it was "quote unquote" a lot closer, though. It was, it was, but it's not like it's not like they were in a press box. It's not like they were down by the field. It's not like they were in the, uh, you know, the family and friends section that are in, you know, the stadium that aren't in suites. The wag section, yeah. the wives and girlfriends. It's section. like. Okay, I guess second bowl is better than third bowl. Yeah. Hey. And not even third bowl, it's like third bowl all the way to the top. You know it's awesome to see Simone Biles out there in in the elements of Lambeau Field. That's what you want to see. Simone Biles out there repping in with the crowd in the elements. And then what? You saw the Taylor Swift thing is nauseating. Thankfully though, they didn't subject it to us uh too much. So that was fine. But, you know, Taylor Swift, if you want to get the full Lambo experience, get your get your bony behind out there in the elements like Simone Biles was. That's what you needed to do. Uh, but on the defense for the Chiefs, Rowdy, I mean, the defense for the Chiefs, no joke. Uh, Love was asked about outdueling Steve Spagnola's aggressive blitzing. Here you go. Here you go. 
With this defense, you never know when they're going to bring it. You know, they do a really good job disguising their stuff, so you kind of always got to be alert for it, try and pick up on the little tails, the little keys. But, yeah, you know, on that one to Christian, they did end up bringing it. Um, we got to a, a protection that picked it up, um, was able to give me enough time to just kind of buy some time and let Christian work and put it up for him, and he, he went up there and made a great play. So all three touchdown passes were all coming against Chief Blitz calls. How about the line for the Packers? Well, I mean, we've we've talked about just Jordan Love in general and, and the Green Bay Packers. Like, over the last four or five games, he's been playing better. Mm-hmm. But when we were talking about it, it's like, well, it was an L.A. Rams defense with Aaron Donald and then a bunch of, like, ants, eh, and it was a very average defense. Or the Steelers, where on paper the Steelers don't have the greatest defense, though they are getting back Watt. Hayward, Fitzpatrick, which those are three of their best players. They make their defense so much better. And we saw them play against two out of those threes, and Jordan Love played decent. And then it was the Chargers. And it was like, well, the Chargers have the worst passing defense in the league. And then it was the Lions, who, again, had a bottom, you know, 10 pass defense in the league and they're like finally we're going to get to see something because the Chiefs going into this game had the third best passing defense and the third best uh, points allowed yeah. for defenses and it's like okay this will be the first true test where we can say for a matter of fact that this will be a team in which is good against the pass and just defensively in general and he brought it and arguably that was his best game yeah love talks on um you know, how he's put it together now with all his touchdown passes coming against the Blitz. Asked, he was asked why he is so much improved against the Blitz. Yeah, I think for me personally, it's just being able to see this stuff. I've got more reps. I'm more comfortable understanding where I need to go with the ball. I think the O-line is doing a great job just being able to pick this stuff up. You know, it's not easy when they're bringing the all-outs and these Blitzes, things like that. But they've been doing a great job giving me time. And then receivers, obviously, just have an awareness of when they need to be open um, and how long I got. And, and then just going out there and making plays. And something else, we talked about this with the floor, too, is like keeping the locker room together after, you know, it looked like the season was spiraling out of control uh, on that four-game losing streak. Now they're 6-6, six and six, they're in the playoffs right now. Uh, as the seven seed, Love talks about, you know, keeping things from an unraveling. I think it's everybody in the locker room, you know, from the top down. Everybody's just trusted it, stayed together. No one's wavered. Um, obviously, it wasn't easy at the beginning of the year. It wasn't exactly how we planned or wanted it to go, but everybody just stuck together. We kept our head down, kept working every week, showing up with, the, you know, the mindset that we just got to take it one week at a time and know that we're not a bad team. We're a good team. We just haven't been able to finish these games. And a couple more here really quick. On love, and you talked about you know the Lions and now the Chiefs on beating two first place teams back to back. How does it feel? Obviously, those are two huge wins, wins that we needed. But like I said, the main thing is we just we taking it one week at a time right now. Focus on who we got. Focus on how we can go in there and dominate that game. And obviously, you see back to back wins over some really good teams. So you know it feels great. But we just, we just got to keep that mindset going. Keep keep staying on this kind of role we got right now. We can say something ready before. No, it's just like you look at some of the early games before the Rams game, before this little five game stretch where the the Packers are four and one. They were coming off of that five. What is that? Four five game losing streak, and it, it, I mean it. It wasn't looking good, and it's not like those defenses were good. Yeah. But all of a sudden, it's like this this roster started changing, and you know how you were giving Matt Lafleur some credit. Obviously, he he's deserves credit Definitely as the head deserve, coach. Yeah, deserves. I think a lot of credit to Jordan Love, too, because Jordan Love is, is the leader of the team. He's the quarterback now. But remember we were talking about his demeanor and how he's kind of laid back, yeah. maybe a little bit too laid back 
when they were losing. But I think that that also keeps them kind of level-headed is him not getting super upset or frustrated. So, uh, yeah, I think the two biggest ones is Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love and how they're carrying this team. But then you said it earlier, the offensive line. Without the line blocking, we get Detroit the first Thursday in Lambeau. Like the line had to come around or else – none of this was going to be possible. Yeah, And one more from Love before break. Like Biggie Small said on Life After Death, the sky is the limit. I'm not putting a, a limit on what we can do. I think I really think we're just getting better and better every week. Everyone's getting more comfortable, and we're literally just executing better and starting fast. But, I mean, I think this is a really good team, and when we play at our best, we're a tough team to beat. Sky is the limit. Love it. The confidence. The confidence, man. They're not thinking of playoffs, says Matt LaFleur head coach of the Green Bay Packers. We're not thinking about playoffs. We're going one game at a time. Now we have another primetime game on a Monday night, and the guys got to understand, you you start winning some games and people start gunning for you now. And so, you know, we're a 500 football team. That's where we're at. That's the reality of it. And, yeah, we've had two pretty good back-to-back wins, but you're only as good as your last game. Now, Rowdy, I mean, those two back-to-back wins, those are against playoff teams. That's the Lions and then the Chiefs. Now, the Lions... And if you go one further, back-to-back-to-back, where you beat the Chargers, Lions, Chiefs, Chargers are a team right now that are still in the playoff hunt. Yeah. So, LaFleur says, he was asked about playoffs, and the first thing out of his mouth was, no, no. Nope, nope, nope. That that was, nope, nope, nope. LaFleur also says, you know, what's the key to reaching that goal then? As long as we stay committed to what's gotten us to this point, that's being resilient, that's coming in to work each and every day, that's continuing to work on our craft, to come closer as a team, to have that belief not only in each individual, but in each other. I've said it many times, it's the ultimate team sport, the ultimate team game. It takes all 11 on the field, and there's a lot of trust that's involved in that. Now, Rowdy, I give LaFleur a ton of credit here. Uh, I've been a big, you know, uh, detractor of LaFleur, especially early on in the season. I don't see how you couldn't have been. But to keep that locker room together with the losses and all the injuries to where they're all now is nothing short of uh, incredible of how they've been able to band together over here. Hell, we just played the um, after the game with LaFleur giving his pump-up speech. It's chills. Chills. LaFleur talks more about, you know, how hard it was earlier in the season with all the losing. A lot of self-talk. A lot of self-talk. Just trying to stay positive, you know, and try to bring energy every day because it does get tough when you go through tough times. I think that's, like I said, whether it's life or football, you know, continuing to try to stay resilient. Yeah, one more from LaFleur about, you know, staying positive. Anytime you're struggling, it is hard to stay positive, but you have to. You have to. And we I knew we had a young group, and everybody in this league is going through their own set of circumstances, and nobody cares at the end of the day. It's just all anybody cares about is the result. But you continue to stay resilient because I do believe that if you can fight through the tough times, you're better for them. Was that, I think it was Vega Bonjon that said that, Last night was LaFleur's best win. You get down with that? I mean, it's a lot of recency bias, right? Yeah. I get, though, where he's coming from when you look at... Because most of the teams that Matt LaFleur had was kind of after... Well, it was. It wasn't kind of. It was after the Mike McCarthy era, but it was like that year 
year and a half after uh, Brian Gutekunst took over where they were already kind of turning over the roster. Mm -hmm. So a lot of Matt LaFleur rosters going into this season were pretty good rosters. You had a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who was just coming back into his own in 2019, Matt LaFleur's first year. Remember, that was the year in which they had Jimmy Graham was signed. They had the Smith brothers were signed. They picked up the Billy Turners and the the um, Wagners of the world. It, like They had some talent. They had players, and then it only got better into 2020, 2021, and then the kind of the... Um, the last dance, I guess you would say, for Aaron Rodgers in 2022. So this is definitely his youngest, most exper- inexperienced, and on paper, worst rosters. Mm-hmm. And all the injuries you throw into, uh, LaFleur able to keep it all together and, and you know navigate this ship has been... Like this, wow. this is the thing that's so maddening for me. It's like some of the things that Matt LaFleur does don't make any sense to me. And we talked about it last week, like the not changing a game plan for when it was Jordan Love taking uh, filling in for Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. or being a Titans offensive coordinator and splitting carries between Deion Lewis and Derek Henry. Like some of those <laughs> I, just, I, I just will never understand, and I don't get it. And then Matt LaFleur will come out and be like, that was on me. Blah, blah, blah. It was like, yeah, you were the only person in the world that thought that. Like, <laughs> why, why were you doing that? But then there's other times where it's especially like in 2019 and 2020, Matt LaFleur was really good at coming up and scheming things where guys were wide open. And it's like all of a sudden the last couple of weeks, it's starting to look like that again. So it's like you have this love hate with Matt LaFleur because yeah. some things he does are really brilliant and other things. It's just like WTF. Speaking of love, hate Joe Barry and the Barry boys, his defense after holding <laughs> the chiefs to 19 points, the Packers now currently have the number nine scoring defense in the NFL. They held Mahomes to 19 points. They're a top 10 scoring defense. Think of that. Yeah. Um, If you would have said that the Green Bay Packers would have a top 10 scoring defense, they've basically been middle of the road to above average for pretty much all the other defensive stats. If you would have told me that at the beginning of the year, I would say, "Eh, I could see it. We must have gotten, you know, like kind of, turn back the clocks to the 2021 from Devondre Campbell. Like Kenny Clark showed up again this year. Mm-hmm. Like Rashawn Gary really turned it on or Preston Smith kind of turned back the clock to, to 2020 and something like that. I could understand it, but it would have taken like a lot of guys that have had good years in the past to kind of find it again, which isn't out of the realm of possibility, but you weren't really banking on it. The fact that you throw in all the injuries, like Rashawn Gary was coming off of a knee injury. You had uh, your entire secondary has been beat to hell. No Jair, Devondre Campbell ankle injury, you know. Well, Rudy Ford was out. He was supposed to be your starting safety. Darnell Savage was out for a while. He was your starting safety. Uh, Eric Stokes played four snaps. Yeah. (laughs) Like... Like with all the injuries that you traded away Rasul Douglas, who, by the way, was until that interception uh, by Nixon, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. he was the last player to intercept a pass for a Green Bay Packers defense. (laughs) And he has been traded now since like Halloween. And that defense has gotten better after they traded. It was a whole month. Yeah. Uh, The Bills aren't even in the playoffs right now after that trade. Man, Saturday. What a game. Number three, Marquette goes down. 
Zach Heilprin, our sports director. Good morning, Zachy. What's up, brother? Good morning, sir. Happy Victory Monday to you. Feels good, eh? Feels nice. That's like uh, the coffee mm. just tastes, it hits a little harder on days like this, you know? I don't, I don't think you're a coffee drinker, but take my word for it, okay? Yeah, that uh, your big water bottle just tastes different on days like this. Oh, yeah. the, the non-fluoridated water just tastes even better, dude. I'm <laughs> telling you. Zach, <laughs> Zach. All right, Zach, I do want to ask you about the, the Packers and also the Badgers going bowling. But first, let's go back to Saturday. Dude, what, Max Klesman, first half? Where did this come from for Klesman? My gosh. What did, what did he have what at halftime, 21 points at half? Well, yeah, we know he had 21 points at half because he didn't score in the second half. So he finished with 21. <laughs> so, so not hard to figure out how much he had at half. Grant Bills uh, tweeted out yeah, the Max Klesman game, and I'm like, well, actually, it's just the Max Klesman first half. I'm not going to lie. When I saw Max that he's just drilling all these threes and he has 21 points at half, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, well, they've only played – what seven games to this point has he scored 21 total points in those seven games prior because he he, he's kind of been falling down the pecking order with some of the new you know guys on the roster boom out of nowhere yeah he had by the way um he was averaging like seven points a game so he he had scored more than 21 this year but the five threes he had seven threes in the first seven games so the threes is kind of where it stands out that tied a career high for him uh, which I believe he did it against I think Michigan last year. Either way, he was yeah, he was great in the first half. He just he was kind of unconscious. Then he took a couple shots in the second half, and it was like those are some heat checks. And yeah, he's no longer hot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, he had, and he had a couple turnovers as well that were uh, a little little mind boggling. But what they were able to do, I mean, you, you knew when they got up sixteen that Marquette was going to make a run. They yeah. made a run against Purdue yeah. uh, out in Maui. You know, after they were down by double digits and they made a run that got all the way back to within one. And you're like, is this the same Badgers as last year in terms of not being able to handle teams and collapses and all that good stuff? And then they responded and they found a way um, to build the lead back up. And, and really, I mean, they had an answer for everything Marquette threw at them down the stretch. And that's something that really was not the case last year where. We know some of the collapses from last year. It was it was a hell of an answer. Was it was that, a hell of a game. It was a hell of a win because, you know, you have, of these three games, I think we all would agree that maybe this one was going to be the, the one that they would have the best chance at just because it was at home. And you knew the arena was going to be loud. You knew it was going to be a great environment. And that's exactly what it was. And I think they fed off of that and they got the win that, uh, that I think they need. And it's certainly going to be nice for the resume because I don't think Marquette's going to be like – outside of the top 10 or outside of the top 15 too much this year. Speaking of the answer in the second half, is A.J. Store that answer then moving forward for this Badgers team, Zach? That donkey head, too, is just vicious. Is Store the answer? Yeah, I mean, it, he, he is a, a big part of the answer, but I think Tyler Wall also was, was kind of yep. an answer there in the second half. And Stephen Crowell the same way. Like, the way that they dominated the, re, uh, the boards, I mean, and Marquette's not a very good rebounding team to begin with, but I think it was 38-21. And they were able to get back at like 25, 26% of their, their misses. And, you know, some of AJ stores uh, drives and layups went off, <laughs> went off the backboard and, and right into Stephen Crowell's hands for a, for a layup. I think the other one just laid there up in the air for a while and he was able to grab it and put it in like those, that matters. That type of stuff matters obviously in, in games like this. And they have an advantage at, down low and it's kind of been that way much of the year. I don't know if that's obviously going to be the case against every big 10 team, but certainly on Saturday, Marquette has struggled against big teams and struggled to rebound. And 
um, Wisconsin took full advantage of it the other day. What about the depth of this team? I, you know, I know, I know the starters got their run, but then really it was just what Johnny Blackwell getting 11 minutes and Carter Gimler 10, everyone else uh, five at the most. Uh, what about the depth of this team, Zach? I know seven guys really contributing. Is this, is the depth of this team good moving forward or, or how do you take this uh, just basically using seven guys? Well, I kind of felt like Greg Gard got into a rhythm there at the end, not a rhythm, but he felt like that, that five got into a rhythm at the end. I think they went, I think they may have played that it was essentially, it was the starting five. I think they ended up playing the last seven or eight minutes, the entirety of the last seven or eight minutes uh, of the game. And, and Chucky, I think, played 18 minutes of, of 20 in the second half. I do think they have good depth, whether it's, I mean, they went 11 deep. Yeah. Now, did those guys all play a bunch of minutes? No, but they certainly didn't uh, show themselves not to be worthy of being on the court, which I think at times last year, their depth wasn't nearly good enough to put guys out there. Nolan Winter and John Blackwell and Kamar McGee and Carter Gilmore and even, you know, Marcus Silver getting some getting some time in there. That gives a little bit of rest, just enough rest for the starters. But they are they're a, a much, much deeper team and I, I think they'll those guys will get even more confident as the season goes. It's truly not even comparable to last year where maybe you could go like there were times where he would only go six or seven guys, play six or seven guys, and that is certainly not the case this year. Also, the hype man at the end of the bench, Gus Bus, rocking the baby <laughs> in the second half. That was that was key. That was key as well. Yeah. The hype. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> I do. Rock that baby, Gus Bus. Zach, did you storm the court with everyone else? Yes, of course. <laughs> one one time opportunity to storm the court. Now the other reason I was was down there is to get video of this court storm. Great video, by I the did. way. Great video. Yeah, my, which I did, and and that was the the point of being down there. Got it, and uh, then walked away. How soft are Marquette fans? <laughs> I, saw, the I saw some Marquette fans saying that this was the low point of Greg Gard's career with the court storming after they just beat the number three ranked team in the country. A low point. They should, they should ask uh, their players about that because. Uh, there were some tears in the Marquette locker room. So if it's if it's not a big game for anybody, if it's not a big game, it doesn't mean something. Why were your players crying in the locker room? <laughs> what did Shaka Smart have to say? What did Shaka have to say at the end of the game? I mean, he said this this game means something. Uh, I mean, he was he was very complimentary of both of, of Max Klesman, um and just Wisconsin in general. But he was you know he was pretty constructive or it was pretty critical of his own team. I mean, the inability to rebound, the inability to uh, really affect Wisconsin defensively outside of that first, what, five, six minutes of the second half. It was, it wasn't good, but just the fact that he, he put it out there that his guys were crying in the locker room. Like that, that's hilarious to me that, that they would do that. The game in December against a non-conference team. But um, if anybody wants to talk about this being somebody's Super Bowl, it's clear that it was on the other side. Yeah. Uh, coming up, yep, like, do, yep. you guys, do you guys have a problem with the court storm? I no, don't. not at all. I, no, not it's the number three team in the country. He, I mean, you you handled them relatively pretty good. I don't. I have no issue with it whatsoever. Marquette would do the exact same thing. Yeah, I think you're right. If if the roles were reversed and Wisconsin was third and Marquette wasn't, yeah, I I think you're right. I, I I'm okay with it. I'm not a huge court stormer. But Zach, just to your point about who this game meant more to, if Wisconsin would have got rolled by Marquette, I think we all would would have been like, eh, okay, like kind of expected it. Number three, unranked. They've been kind of up and down. But for Marquette and Marquette fans, it's like you finally have a team that's clearly better than Wisconsin's the last couple years, and you can't win the game. Like you're the ones that are losing your mind. 
it was it was really tough scenes for some of those. There were there were more Marquette people there than I think I can remember ever seeing at a at a game, which makes sense. It, this is their kind of talked about it in the past. This is kind of like their generational team. This is kind of like their 2014-15 Badger team. It's one that you know they think is going to make a run, has a chance to win a national championship. And so there were a lot of them there, and you could, I mean, they were making the voices heard. And um, so yes, it was it was a huge game for them. It was a huge game. For, I mean, it was a big game for Wisconsin. But Marquette thinks about Wisconsin a whole lot more than Wisconsin thinks about Marquette. It's it's the it's the meme that Evo puts out. I don't even think about you. Yeah. You know, it's one of those you think about them once a year, and that's it. And it's certainly not that way with Marquette fans thinking about Wisconsin. Yeah. No, I mean it's reserved for one day. Then I go back to never thinking about Marquette again. Zach, uh, up next, yep. Michigan State well, tomorrow night, East Lansing. So we'll see what happens there yep. uh, against Sparty. But hey, let me ask you this on another Badger front here: not the Music City Bowl. Where are the Badgers yeah. going, Zach? Tampa. Tampa. Who doesn't love going to Tampa? The remnants um, of the Outback Bowl. Yes. This is, I believe, the sixth time they played in this bowl game. They played in it when it was the Hall of Fame Bowl. They played in it when it was the Outback Bowl, and now going to be playing in it as the ReliaQuest Bowl. ReliaQuest. I have no idea what, what ReliaQuest is. but That's why um, they do the bowl game, so they get advertising out there. I can't even say, I, it. I I can't even say I, it right half the time. ReliaQuest. Uh, yeah, I still haven't. So, what the hell is it? Yeah, against yeah, I mean, I, the, it is what it is. I, I mean, I, I'd probably yeah. rather go to Nashville, but uh, make security possible as a ReliaQuest is a force multiplier of security teams to increase visibility, decrease complexity, and manage risk through the gray matter security operation. I don't even know what any of that means, but what, here we are. That's a lot of jargon for being permar. I think they just um, yeah, they, they just push a lot of of papers on their desks. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, hey, but is we'll it, do a lot of research. We got three weeks. We got three weeks. Uh, a lot of research to be done here. Okay, so for the trials and tribulations throughout this first year of the Luke Fickle era, this is a January first bowl game. Isn't January first reserved for like pretty damn good teams? It used to be. <laughs> it used to be. <laughs> I mean, the, look, the Big Ten, and it's not just strictly by where you finish anymore. It's kind of like based on where you're at, and then um, these teams get to pick who they want. And Wisconsin got picked because they didn't want to pick uh, Northwestern. They didn't want to pick Maryland. They probably didn't want to pick um, – I think there was one other team that, that they wanted not to do it. Yeah, Wisconsin Wisconsin being there, they're going to bring more fans than the other teams will, even if Wisconsin's not very good. Um, so I, that that's why they're in the Outback Bowl. It has really nothing to do with their accomplishments. Uh, 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 rely on Quest Bowl, Zach. A ReliaQuest poll. It doesn't have any. Has but this could be like Twitter, right? I mean, Twitter uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Well, the ReliaQuest poll, formerly known as the Outback Bowl, formerly known as the Hall of Fame Bowl. Uh, We're robbed of so, coconut shrimp and awesome blossoms, man. Yeah, but instead you now have you, your you safety and security. I do. I was Did there. You go to the, yeah, I was Did there. You go to the Tampa game. Yeah, yeah. They served. They served Outback in the in the press box. Um, what was that? I was at the Capital One Bowl too. I don't remember getting served that. I thought we got jobbed out of it. Maybe I'm misremembering then. Oh. Yeah, no, they, they they definitely had it. They definitely had it. So um, Pop-Tarts has the way, first so, edible mascot. If we could bring back the Outback Bowl, I would love another edible mascot in the coconut shrimp. Right? Right? I don't think ReliaQuest could be handing out the... Uh, wasn't it like if whoever won, like the fans got like free... Yeah, some stuff whatever, like that, yeah. uh, Team Coconut Shrimp or yeah. Team something else. I don't remember what it was. Either way. Uh, yeah, so that's why Wisconsin's there. I mean, Northwestern had a better season than Wisconsin. They should they should probably be playing in Tampa. Um, so those are 
whatever. It I, is what it is. I already saw the. Uh, I saw a look ahead line a little spread. Um, um, I don't know if double digits was it. Eleven and a half points going to LSU. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously Wisconsin's not going to have Braylon Allen, and but I would also I can't imagine Jaden Daniels playing in this game. It just would not make any sense whatsoever. He's so the Heisman. He's obviously the favorite for the Heisman. I don't see him playing. Malik Neighbors, they're really good wide receiver. I don't see him playing. I think their other, their second best wide receiver is also going to be a guy that's declaring. Man. I can't imagine he's playing. So, like, there are this, that, that line's a little selling the sizzle. I guess we'll, I guess we'll figure out. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll figure out who's all playing. Wisconsin should be an underdog. I just don't know if they, if they don't have Jaden Daniels, I don't know how you can be a double-digit underdog, but it's a bowl game, and um, do we really, do we really care? I don't think we do. Yeah, you know, when you when you're like, oh, Braylon Allen's not going to play, and there might be a few guys that aren't playing, and then when you look at LSU, yeah, Jaden Daniels was their offense. Like they could score forty points every game. It was just could their defense, which wasn't very good, which is kind of irregular for an LSU team. If if they just didn't give up forty points, they were going to win. And if Jaden Daniels doesn't play, I mean. Hmm. Man, mm, yeah, who, I mean, who are you watching? Yeah, well, Wisconsin already beat Jaden Daniels once. So um, he was the Arizona State quarterback in that Las Vegas ball a couple of years ago. Zach Halpern, our sports director, with us right now. Zach, uh, um, well, can't wait to send your ass to Tampa. Get, make sure you get in the tanning bed right now. We don't want you frying out there in the sun, okay? <laughs> I, my, it's my understanding that that sun is good for you, and you really shouldn't be wearing sunscreen. Correct, um, especially ones with aluminum in it, cancer causing. You can go look it up. FDA yeah. recalls like two hundred one every year. Can we get you tickets to uh, the game, and we'll have you sitting like in the pirate ship, oh. reporting live from the pirate ship? I'll get you a pirate hat too, feel- matey. Uh, can we? What about the the eye patch? I mean, sure. If you want to watch the game with one eye, why not? Like, give it a try. You don't know what people are going through until you do it yourself. I'll give you a hook. If there's too. no Jaden Daniels and there's no neighbors in Allen, maybe you'll take us up on the eye patch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, maybe I'll take. Maybe I'll put eye patches. Yeah, over he's gonna have eyes. a double eye uh, patch. Oh, we'll so have like have a zone logoed eye patch. Yes. Yes. Sir. Yes. <laughs> Just so we don't have to wash it. Yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, what are we? Three weeks away. You said so. Yeah. We'll see what happens here um, as you know time ticks on. Anyone else um, declaring for the draft or in the transfer portal for the Badgers, Zach? Uh, currently, no. But today is. The, the actual official opening of the transfer portal. So that's why we saw some of the, some bigger names come out, uh, including uh, the Ohio State quarterback. That was, yeah, McCord. That was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think and I think that uh, there are a few guys still waiting to decide on NFL futures. Like Jeff Waller? Nelson, Tanner Bordellini, uh, Hunter Waller. Um, I believe there might be uh, Ricardo Holman. I think they all four of those guys are at least looking into it. Hunter Wohler said he had made a decision. He's going to, he's had still had some more conversations to go. He plans to play in the bowl game. So um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing in terms of like where, you know, whether he uh, intends to come back or not, but yeah. I, I would imagine my, my feeling is that he will be back. Same thing with Ricardo Holman, Jack Nelson. It feels like he's gone and Tanner Bordellini is kind of a coin flip for me. Zach, uh, speaking of college football, did Florida state get royally screwed or was the correct decision made? What more do you, can you ask of a team than to win all their games? Not for the quarterback what, to break his leg. Well, right. <laughs> he wishes he would have broken it earlier in the year. Yeah, so what that, else yeah. can you ask? What else can you ask of a team just just to win all their games? I mean, that's that, that's what you're supposed to do. They did. They won them. They won a major conference. 
and and they're not in it. And now, why put them? In, why put them in the final no. four of the week previous if you knew you're going to screw them anyways? Like that's what I don't get either. Well, it's because Alabama beat Georgia. Yeah, yeah, if Alabama true. lost, Florida State would be in there. Um, so that that's obviously the, the reason for that. But uh, I don't have I don't have a huge issue. I don't have a like I'm not pounding the table as if like Florida State could actually win yeah. the national championship, but. They did everything that you're supposed to do, and to still not get the opportunity to play in it kind of sucks. And it's a, it's the reason why we're all going to, or why it's going to 12 teams next year because you have five Power Five conferences and only four spots. Michigan, are they shaking in their boots after getting paired up with Alabama? That Ooh. video was pretty funny. Have you ever, have you ever seen, have you ever seen a video like of a like there were some Serena Cobras in there. Even when it like when it popped out, I was like, "Holy crap, guys! That's yeah. not how you're supposed to react." It's like it was deflated, like the air hoping, got sucked out of the room. They were obviously hoping for Florida State, um, <laughs> right? That's, that's, that, that feels pretty obvious. But to have that reaction, where like there's very little sound, then you have some guys like, "Oh my god!" putting their hands up on their head. Yeah, it was hilarious. So yeah, I don't think Michigan Michigan wanted nothing to do with Florida State it's, or with uh, Alabama. Alabama's definitely their worst matchup, like on paper. Oh, between those four teams, oh, absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Or three teams. And uh, speaking of Michigan, Zach, any last uh, hurrahs sends off for Iowa as they put up a nothing burger against Michigan in the Big Ten Championship game? Any last words for Iowa I, I just want to say, I just want to say that, uh, you know, the receivers did Deacon Hill no favors. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there were some catchable passes that uh, they just didn't bring in. It felt like uh, his arm strength was going to be good enough to get them over the top against Michigan. It just wasn't. But uh, Big Ten starting quarterback seven and two this year. <laughs> seven and two. He's he's a winner, dude. A habitual he is. winner. What's what's this? I mean, hey, what's what's the problem? Joel Stave, all time wins leader. He Deacon keeps Hill. this up. You seven know what? Two. He might find himself being a backup for the New York Jets here sometime shortly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And Zach, before I let you go, my man, and thanks for joining us. We appreciate it on this Monday. How are we feeling about Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers after taking down the Chiefs, baby? Are we all on board now with, with Jordan Love? I'm on the If you weren't before? We're on it. Well, I want to hear from the Sean yeah. Clifford people that wanted him to start. That's what I want. I haven't heard from a single peep out of them. I want to hear from them. Yeah, that was that was pretty special last night. And I know that the conversation today, at least nationally, is not going to be about Jordan Love. It's going to be about a non- call on uh, pass interference, even though two plays earlier, there was a very, very questionable terrible. personal foul call. Um, not even so, question, it's not even questionable. It's just terrible. Right. That's a, Well, again, yes, questionable, terrible, whatever you want to say about it. It wasn't, it, it should not have been called, and the other one should have been called. So I think they, you can say those, those kind of throw each other off, like they, they kind of cancel each other out, but one would have had them at the. There was the also there was also the receiver been, that clearly was going backwards before going out of bounds. Therefore, the clock should have kept rolling. But they they called MBS, the, the yeah was, they called it dead. The, the funny thing about this is there's no chance MBS is actually catching that ball. Correct. If he doesn't interfere with them, right? Fifty yeah. <laughs> fifty. Like uh, he's he did it against Philly. Dropped against Philly. Would have dropped that one too. Yeah. It is what it is. But yeah, I mean that's a that's a hell of a win for Green Bay and I. Uh, I a month ago kind of felt like you're looking for a, what they're going to do with their top five pick, and now you're looking at who they may face in the first round of the playoffs. That's that's pretty, uh, 11, pretty good. 11 wins if they win out, dude. And that schedule gets it's pretty easy. Um, so we'll see what happens. Zach, we're doing all uh, songs about love today in honor of Jordan Love. I play this one for love and for you. It's Diana Ross and Lionel Richie, the song title for you and Jordan Love, Endless 
love because I love you, Zach mm. Alpin. Thank you. Thank you, guy. You, oh. you want to say it back or anything? Or you... Big hug coming your way next time I see you. No, no, I love you too. All right. All right. I'll t- I love you too. Oh, there it is. I didn't mean to pressure you into that. <laughs> Rody's rolling his eyes. Zach, <laughs> we love you, buddy. Is that, how it your, is that how it went with your wife, too? Like, I love you, and then you're like, Anything, anything back? Are you gonna say it? No, say it? No. Okay. Well, that's why I took. Right, a, that's why I took eight years to propose, Zach. I had to. I had to. <laughs> I had to chip away throughout the years. You know. <laughs> Good work. Good work. See you, Zach.